0: Meow. This is Tanya Todd, writer, producer, and soon-to-be director of Morning Sacrifice, a tragic romance where a vampire poses as a detective to help the woman he loves search for her missing husband. This sensuous detective noir short film explores how even the most altruistic love can turn monstrous. If this story strikes a titillating nerve, or if you simply love vampires, consider contributing to our crowdfunder at seedandspark.com. Funding for this film is supported in part by Nevada Arts Council and National Endowment of the Arts, but we still have a long way to go. Check out our enticing incentives. Pick the choice that excites you most. Join me, and we shall make a dark and delicious love story. That's Morning Sacrifice at seedandspark.com.
1: Hello, wonderful listeners. It's time for another episode of Femme on Creatives. This is our excuse to chat with interesting humans about their art, their writing, their passion. My name is Jess and I'll be your host today. I've managed to bag another awesome chat. Yay! My guest today is a published author and has cultivated a loyal and supportive online following for her romantic and raunchy Seattle's of seattle whalers hockey novel series i almost got through this without gabbing <laughs> um she's published four and a half books since 2021 with a promise to continue for as long as her readers want as someone who's been working on the same idea for over a year i am super excited to find out more emily welcome to fermon creatives
0: hi jess thanks for having me how are you today uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, it's Sunday. It's sunny, so yeah, everything's good. Yes, thank goodness it's sunny. <laughs> I'm
1: <laughs> sick and tired of the British way- rain. Yes. Wayne. <laughs> um, so yeah. So um, the more I do these podcasts, the 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 more I realize that like I've got to try and keep my <laughs> my um, episodes to like an hour or less. <laughs> just because people have stuff to do with their life. So I think we should dive right in. Cool. Um, I think fiercely, um, I'd love it if you told me
0: and our listeners a little bit about yourself. So who is Emily Bunny? Okay, so um, first of all, Emily Bunny is my uh, pen name. So I am in disguise. Um, it's actually the um, name of my four times great grandmother. So when I was looking for a pen name, um, yeah, I was playing around with different things, but my mum was doing some genealogy research and she told me this name, I thought I love it, I I, I have to have that name, so that's where the, the name for my uh, pen name came from. Um, other than that, I am a middle-aged woman living in the UK, um, I was a teacher for 20 years of small sticky children, but um, I gave that up in December and now I recruit teachers, um, so that's the day job. Um, in my other world as Emily Bunny I write uh ice hockey romance but I also write sort of small town romance novellas um so yeah that's that's kind of me
1: (laughs) small sticky children is such a great phrase (laughs) um and I know especially because I have a friend who is a teacher of like reception age kids so like five-year-olds yeah (laughs) the story she tells me small and sticky is Exactly what they are.
0: I could fill this hour with stories about small <laughs> <laughs> that'll, be <a laughs> that'll
1: be a different episode. Yes. <laughs> um so am I right in thinking that you began writing in 2020?
0: Um I mean you know, I began writing as a teenager, to be fair. Okay. Um just writing for myself really. Um I had sort of exercise books stacked up with just you know crappy teenage romance because you know I was a bit of an ugly duckling and I didn't have any romance of my own as a teen so I thought I'd write it um so yeah I did it then um then you know adult life takes over and I I didn't do it again for for a while and then I started again probably again just for myself in about 2018 just jotting down some ideas writing some short stories um and then COVID hit and you know had nothing better to do. So I, I'd started reading romance. I'd never really read romance before. I was very much a Stephen King, you know, follower, horror. But I, I started reading romance and I read some hockey romance, never watched ice hockey before in my life, but really enjoyed it. And I thought, well, let's give that a go. Um, and I started writing my debut novel, All or Nothing. Again, just for me, it was, I never in a million years thought it would be anything that would be published. Um, so yeah, I I kind of guess 2019, 2020 was when I started doing it with a view to putting it into the world.
1: I love that. So you started writing for yourself?
0: Mm, Yeah, always. I was never thought about writing to publish.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I love that. I love that so much because I think that's why I started writing as well. Mm Um, because it's such a, that it's hard to explain to people who don't write what that creative process is like when you're like you're in the zone and you're putting words on 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 a page and even if you don't think they're very good like just putting your ideas down on yeah. a page and then it's there um just feels so i think affirming yeah so and
0: yeah. I, and i just, i thought you know being published was, seemed such an unattainable thing. You know, they Right. well, oh, you're going to send manuscripts to hundreds of publishers and they'll reject you every single time, da, 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 da. I was accepted by the second publisher that I submitted to. Um, and I was just, I thought, no, this is a joke. It can't be true. And I, and I never thought it would ever happen. But yeah, it was, it was very strange, <laughs> very quick. <laughs> that's incredible. Like
1: that's really, really cool.
0: Well yeah, I mean for four horsemen who, who are my publishers, um, they were a really small um setup to start with most of the authors they published were themselves uh, under their various names but they're, they're really big now they've got loads and loads of uh, really amazing authors across all genres uh, uh, in the house now um yeah but they they took a chance on me I hadn't even finished all or nothing when they I'd submitted the first 10 thousand words I was self-publishing on what on Wattpad. Um, just a chapter a week I'd wake up at midnight on a Tuesday to load it up <laughs> I set my was so ridiculous I set my alarm for midnight on a Tuesday to like upload my next chapter to Wattpad um, so that it was there
1: what so that it could be there as soon as possible
0: yeah on that day yeah. Oh, that's
1: that's that's cool <laughs> I'm not really familiar with self-publishing or Wattpad so but I, I'm, I mean I love your dedication <laughs>
0: I wasn't sleeping much. It was fine. Oh,
1: yeah, <laughs> total insomniac, yeah. but it's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, Wattpad was brand new to me. I'd never read anything. Lots and lots of fan fiction, you know. Um, that's that's kind of what it was mainly for. But um, yeah, I it, it got me a, a decent following, and I think a lot of those readers followed me onto actually being properly published. So, so that was good. Yeah, I mean, well, let's.
1: Um before we go on to talk about your following, which I really, I really want to do, um, can I ask why you chose to write romantic fiction? Cause, so like, why didn't you choose to write horror, for example?
0: Um, I mean, I dabbled in horror, like when I was writing for myself, but um, I don't know. I, I, I think just the relationships in romance really kind of made me want to write that. Um, to get personal, my, my marriage wasn't going great. So, you know, gotta do what girls gotta do <laughs> absolutely yeah um so I suppose that was almost like an outlet for me in that respect um you know my my personal relationships aren't going very well so I was trying to write you know relationships that I was maybe aspiring to or I wanted to see a happy ending um but yeah it, and it's quite uh, most romance novelists are going to hate me for saying this but romance is quite formulaic so you know you you can get into quite a good rhythm with with it and you can also throw in some massive curveballs which because it's usually so formulaic your readers are not expecting so sometimes you can really shock them
1: yeah um and I guess as a just thinking about this being the first time you like properly got into writing formulaic Mm -hmm. is good because it can help you build your confidence and your knowledge about writing as a writer and because I mean I'm just I have been working on an idea for a year, and I have only just sat down, like now, to figure out exactly what the plot's going to be. Because I just, when I was just, oh, I was just going to put stuff on a page, on a page, no mm. formula, no nothing. And it's honestly, cause <laughs> I really wish I could have gone back and be like, no, no, what's the plan?
0: <laughs> when I wrote all or nothing, there was no plan because hey, I never, really, I, I just, it, it seems like it just to be an ongoing thing. Like, I would just keep writing it. Like, it was never gonna to come to an end. So I knew how it was gonna start, but I had no idea how it was gonna end it at all when I started writing it, not a clue. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I usually get my ideas in the shower or when I'm driving, so places I cannot write them down. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I love how
1: brains work, <laughs> right? They're like, yeah. hmm. Cause I think when you first get into it, you're like, oh, I'm going to pencil in time to be creative. Like, you know, or saturday mornings and sunday afternoons and then you get there and you're like uh, uh, and your brain's like nope nope (laughs) but you'll be lying in bed at midnight being like i'm just about to fall asleep and your brain will be like here's a great idea
0: yeah (laughs) <laughs> or just had a really hard day at work and you're so tired but you're like no I've got to write this it's it's yeah. in there and yeah, I'm gonna lose it if I don't get it down even though my eyes are just hardly staying open I've got yeah. to write it down now
1: yeah absolutely yeah. um but just touching on what you said about um writing the relationships you wanted to maybe see or aspire to or I think that um I think that's true of a lot of people as well and I I definitely used to um when I was younger I used to read so I don't um more recently I don't really read a lot of romance ro- romantic fiction but I did when I was younger mm. um because and I think it's for, it, for that exact reason like I wanted to uh read about relationships that I wanted to have mm. um you know it, like because I was young and I was maybe going through breakups and all that stuff and it was all a bit like rubbish and I I wanted to read about nice fulfilling um you know sexy relationships and so I mm. I completely understand that
0: yeah um, I mean two, two of my books are, are quite tough and uh, they deal with some some you know fairly triggering um subject matter so you know that all the relationships aren't easy easy sailing to the very end you know there are obstacles uh which makes it interesting I think and you know, it's more realistic because you know no no relationship's perfect as much as we'd want it to yeah yeah, more relatable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. And so, I do write as a reader as well, I find, because I, I do still read a lot. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I, I definitely write as a reader as to, something that I'd like to read. That's really
1: interesting, because I, I think I do that sometimes. But I get, I'm the type of reader who... I get bored quickly and Mm. so if i'm not enjoying a book i won't finish it i've got so many books on my bookshelves that i lost interest (laughs) through halfway and these are books that that have done really well like people love them blah 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 and i've just been like nope like not interested not invested and so i'm all that's always in the back of my mind when i'm writing because i'm like well i don't want my reader to lose interest yeah
0: (laughs) I mean I'd get I'd rather get a one star review all day long than a DNF than a do not finish a, a do not finish like yeah. review is just heartbreaking. But I'd rather get a one star that they managed to get to the end but you know yeah. have some issues rather than just no, I've just put it down and I'm not not gonna finish it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's good it's good to write as a reader, mm. you know. I think that's really important because you can write from a technical point of view or a point of view where you, you're like you're thinking about the formula and you're thinking about plot tension and and all this stuff that all the lingo that we use in in the writing sphere you can think about all that that's absolutely fine but you do need to think about your reader yeah um as well um and so i guess just with that in mind um i think let's maybe talk about who your readers are um so I um, I was looking at your book, All or Nothing. And at mm-hmm. the beginning, it's dedicated to your Instagram following. Is that right?
0: Yeah? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and so this must be some, this must be a really good, like, this must be a really important following for you if you dedicated your first book to it. So um, maybe tell us a little bit about your following. Like, have you ever had a chance to meet, meet any of them? Um or and 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 if so has that like changed the way that you write that you've written some of your books I'm just I'm interested to know
0: yeah so I guess I started using Instagram as a bookstagrammer so um while I was reading I was also reviewing so um I was kind of making contact with my favorite authors and asking to be an an advanced reader, um, and then posting reviews. And I was making edits like picture edits and stuff. So I had, um, a bookstagram to start with. And then when I started writing, I thought, and I got my pen name and everything. So I set up the Instagram and a lot of my, um, bookstagram followers followed me onto that because I told them about Emily Bunny on my bookstagram. Um, And there was there was one lady in particular um, and we became really close friends. And she's actually the person that made me send off to a publisher because I sent her. I'd never let anybody read anything I'd written ever. So I sent her my manuscript or what I'd written so far. And she was just like, oh, my God, I love it. (laughs) You need to get this published. And I was like, oh, my God, you're just saying that, you know, it's only one person. But she was kind of the person that really got me going with this. Um, and yeah, I just, I guess I built up my following on Instagram, partly through my Bookstagram, but also just friending people that I knew from bookstagram. Um, yeah. And it, 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 I mean, I've only, I think I've only got almost 3000 followers, but you know, they're, they're really good. They help me with my, um, uh promo and stuff and then they're, and they're just they're just brilliant they're always reposting things and yeah they're just great and i did i've only done one book signing um i did um races at, at beverly it wasn't it was last year and that was that was terrifying because i've been completely incognito um you know being a teacher it was just i can't have this crossover with my real life you know because totes inappropriate (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I thought I'm gonna be really brave and I'm gonna be in person and, and go out there and it was it was amazing it was so good and just to see people that had helped me from the beginning in real life and shake their hand and hug them and just yeah it was it was great I wanted to do a few more this year but I've just not managed to to do it but yeah meeting the readers is just great really really good
1: i mean having 3000 dedicated followers as opposed to 10000 fluffy followers on instagram mm. cuz you get a lot of that that's amazing that is really really amazing and i'm so glad that you have that you have that group of people cuz you need that affirmation you know when you're when you're writing books and you're putting stuff out there like you spend a lot of time and energy and thought and all of this stuff putting um into these books so and then you put your book out there and then that's it <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> like, it's nice to get it's nice to know that there, 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 are there's a dedicated group who are definitely going to read it and also yeah. I mean do they do, do you ever get like feedback from them
0: yeah I mean I've got I've got a few um that read for me so um I've got a couple that have access to my manuscript and they read as I write um, and they just pop ideas in there or correct my use of commas, which apparently I can't use very well. Um, I'm totally <laughs> and terrible grammar. It's just nice to, you know, have them read along with me and say, oh, I don't think that character would do that because they've read all my other books and my, my characters kind of follow through. So, you know, they can pick me up on say, no, Matt would never do that. That's not something he would do. Um and yeah, I, I take their ideas. Sometimes I don't, um, but yeah, it's it's really good to have their input because I know then that it's something that they feel a bit of ownership on. So they're definitely going to, you know, really push it. I suppose um, be on my promo team and my street team and stuff. So yeah, it's it's definitely good to have their input.
1: And the fact that you've built characters that people are so invested in that they that they have an opinion on what they would or would not do. Mm-hmm. I think says a lot. Um, I've gotten really stuck over the past year on characters, on like how do I make this person like a real individual that people will care about, but also that is flawed, you know, that has conflicts with other characters. Like how do I and how do I how do I make that consistent? Like it's tricky. Yeah. I can't just yeah. you know, throw it out of thin air. Like so that's <laughs> that that really says something. You've created these characters that people are invested in and who they They think they know what that character would or wouldn't do.
0: Yeah, and I and I've it's it's I've had to be quite brave because a couple of my female main characters have not been liked by my readers, um, and I've had some quite savage feedback saying because I think they being romance they invest in the male main characters more than the females. Oh really? Um, Especially the female readers will invest more in the main male character, and if the female main character acts in a way they don't approve of, then they can be quite savage so really yeah i wrote my um fall uh, fourth book they um the the female main character they they have a their best friends but they have a one night stand she gets pregnant unexpectedly and she doesn't know what to do so she treats the main male character who's one of my readers favorites quite badly but it's her confusion that does it and i got quite a lot of negative feedback about how i mean it all gets Okay, in the end, obviously, yeah. but yeah, I got quite a lot of feedback about how they didn't like the way that she treated him. I'm like, well, people treat people like crap in real life, you know, I'm sorry <laughs> exactly <laughs>
1: <That's what happens. laughs> oh, that's, I find that so interesting that they would be more invested in the male main character mm. because and also exactly what you said, like you your main your main character is not there to be liked, right? Mm-hmm. It's there to your 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 main character need they need to be flawed, yeah in order to be relatable they need yeah. to be oh, they need to be likable in certain regards but yeah. what you're trying to do in an
0: asshole she's got she's got a massive backstory which is yeah. completely explained and a lot of people said oh I loved her character arc you know um but some people just couldn't get over the way that she treated him oh um, that's so interesting
1: know. people get so invested in this Would stories, <laughs> don't they yeah. that's incredible um oh wow and I think I, I just, I'd just like to talk a little bit about why you, why you, why you said, well, oh, I've been incognito because it's slightly inappropriate. Um, there's a lot of sexy stuff in these books. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that because um, so I, um, I'm a very slow reader. So I've gotten about halfway through your book, <laughs> <sorry>. but um <laughs> but it's you know very sexy like there are some there are some like um I think for me I was reading it like was the was this an opportunity for the author to maybe explore sexual fantasies or things like that because if so I I love that writing can offer you that
0: yeah I mean the when I started to to come out to my friends and family the first question I was asked was where do you get your ideas for the sexy bits you know that was actually the first thing that everybody said and I was honest and I said I get it from reading other people um and I also get it from you know just things that I think about and turn ons and turn offs for myself um yeah when when I gave my mum my second book which is probably they're probably my my sexiest couple um after she'd finished reading it, she said, um "Okay, so I've got some sex questions." I was like, "Mother, that's what Google's for. Don't ever ask me that question ever again." Sex I can't even... questions. Oh I no! I was just like, "Oh my God, I'm gonna." Laugh.
1: Oh, I that. <laughs> No, but I think it's so important. Like, um a, I think literature can be a great turn on. Mm. Like, y- like I, I personally love re- reading sexy literature it, it like as a turn on yeah. but also when i was younger and i was reading a lot of rom- romantic fiction I, I was i was reading a lot of books that that had like sexy elements and you know there was there was a lot of sex and different types of sex it helped me it helped me like it helped break down the barrier of mm-hmm. the like embarrassment it removed all the embarrassment it educated me it, you know and as a young woman we're not really given a lot of information about female pleasure it's one of my absolute societal bugbears I mean I think we're getting better now but um it's never been you know female pleasure has always been secondary to male pleasure and so reading literature that that just includes this um as part of a as part of a wider story I think it really helps to like remove any type of embarrassment and so Mm. and so like um especially young women can can start to sort of think about what their desires are and what their turn-ons are and you know whether they'd like whether they like the the idea of that or whether they they don't that kind of stuff I think it's not only do I love it I also think it's important
0: yeah and it's it's interesting because all my books are dual point of view so I really enjoy writing a sex scene from a male's point of view because I could never know what that feels like but you know I can have a go um and my men are very giving
1: <laughs> yes they are and as they should be as um, they, they should be um have you ever sort of saw or, or received sort of male feedback
0: on the male point of view oh that's interesting um i don't i've never um had any kind of feedback from male readers um and No, no male friends or family have admitted that they've read it. My brother, (laughs) my brother lives in Australia. And um, when he got a copy of the book, he would just send me WhatsApp messages with random naughty, naughty sentences from my book. The oh, page number and all of the expletives yeah. that i would used on that page and that's so as far as i know only my brother's read it but i don't think we'd ever have that conversation yeah. <laughs> just like a silent nod like yeah you
1: read yeah. it cool yeah. that's fine yeah, now, this, and that's yeah. at the end
0: <laughs> yeah
1: no but that that the female gaze is so important and and this is largely what this whole podcast collective was was mm. formed on was making space for the female gaze and that is exactly what you have done with you know now I'm you were like I'm gonna write from a male point of view (laughs) and because this is what I think men should do you know when it comes to relationships and sex and all this kinds of stuff you know and this is what I've pulled from other books and so yeah I think I think that's great but um I just wanted to give our listeners a bit of context in terms of why you were like oh no
0: maybe a bit inappropriate for the kids (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so she's just writing a, a nice hockey manual Why would that be inappropriate
1: <laughs> um um but yeah so I so I wanted to ask you about your creative process um mm-hmm. and I think we've touched on it a little bit because you were like yeah no I get my ideas when I'm driving or in the shower <laughs> and I can't write them down but more um more widely than that um what does your creative process tend to look like
0: so once I'd written um all or nothing. I I think I plotted out books two, three and four, well three and and a half and four, um, because all of those characters were established in the first book. So I knew which males and females I wanted to team up and kind of what their very basic story would be. Um, And I tend to write sort of bullet pointed notes at the end of my manuscript. Um, They change all the time because I might have it going in one direction and then it'll completely turn on its head. So in book two, the way it ended up was not the way I was gonna, was was the story at all. Um, Nate, who's the male main character, his story completely changed and redeveloped as I was writing. Um, I don't know why I took it in the direction I took it in. I'm not gonna spoil it in case anyone's not read it. Um, But yeah, it just seemed to take me in that direction. So I will write a very basic plan, but it's, it's developing all the time um, yeah so I just keep updating the bullet points and yellowing them out when I've done it <laughs> um,
1: I yeah so so it sounds like you have a rough plan and then and then it's like exploratory writing you kind of yeah. just like I'm just gonna see where this takes me
0: yeah, yeah I kind of let the characters just I suppose it's gonna sound really trite but they, they just speak to me yeah um, and you know they, they might do something and, and there's two choices of what they do. If I took it in that direction, this is the way the story would go. If they took that decision, it would go that way. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I'd rather let it flow because I feel if I've got a really solid plan, I'm going to just beat my head against the wall trying to do it, yeah. whether it's good or not.
1: Um,
0: yeah. So yeah, I just rather let it develop quite organically, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, there are definitely pros and cons, I think, to both. And I, cause I know that, Um, writing organically can almost be a bit more fun a bit more rewarding because you're more in that zone aren't you instead of being like no let me check my plan and make sure what's what's happening next you can it literally your ideas literally just come to you and you put them on the page yeah but but what I found is it like that can be that for me that can be like quite messy because then I get (laughs) stuck and I'm like no I genuinely don't know what would happen next (laughs)
0: yeah I mean I'll often write something and go that doesn't belong there yeah Um, So i cut it out and stick it at the end of the manuscript and maybe write a note above it saying use that when they break up or use that after this, that or the other's happened. So if I write something and I'm not sure about it, I won't ever delete it. I just cut it out and stick it somewhere else because I think I've spent time on that creative process. And if I delete it, I'm going to hate myself for it. (laughs) And I might want want it. If I don't use it, I just delete it at the end or save it for a different book. But yeah, I just, even if I write, for a couple of hours and like, it's garbage and like, I hate it. I will still keep it, but yeah. it just not belong in that place. It's probably in the wrong bit of the book.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm going to have to do a lot of chopping and changing as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I um, feel like sometimes you just got to write it, even if you think this is absolute trash, it's just horrible, but I, I've just got to write something Yeah. Um, just to get it down and then I can twiddle with it later.
1: Yeah, perfect. Um so when do you think you're at your most creative then like like is it about you don't really know and like you'll just all of a sudden you'll just be creative or or do you know that there are like certain um um there are certain things you can do to help to help boost your creativity
0: um when i'm busy i'm more creative so at the height of my writing when i put three books out in a year um, I was teaching full-time um, I was also reading and reviewing and writing at the same time so yeah wow I, I don't know when I slept or when I did anything else but the busier I was the more creative I was really? so I'd always say oh I've got six weeks off in the summer I'm just going to blast it every day da, da, da. four weeks into the summer holidays I hadn't written a word oh, so when no. I have nothing to do I am not creative I need to be busy otherwise no. I just do everything else otherwise my house is very clean when I've got a deadline. <laughs> I'll do anything else instead. Yeah.
1: All of a sudden your to-do list outside of writing is incredibly <laughs> long. <laughs> oh that's so fast faci- like that fascinates me because um if I'm super busy I tend to get overwhelmed and then I just don't do anything. Mm. So it's a real balance but that gosh I wish I was I wish I was like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. part of the reason for, for leaving teaching um other than some of the political reasons was the fact that I just I couldn't fit everything in yeah um you know I'd, I'd done my 20 years and I was just I, I was done and yeah. I wasn't I wasn't giving the kids what they wanted and what they needed and I just wanted more time to write um and I have it has given me more time to write um so I do write I can write in the evenings now because I'm not getting home at like seven o'clock in the evening and you know dead on my feet Fee. I do get yeah. home a decent time from work and I have got a couple of hours where I can just you know sit on my laptop and either read and edit or write some more if I'm feeling that um but I try not to pressure myself into doing it if I'm not feeling it I'm not going to write because yes. there's no point I'm just going to frustrate myself
1: I'm a big fan of that mm. because also you've got to think about why why you are writing if you are writing for you because it's something you love to do um you know if you've got a massive deadline yeah <laughs> <it's slightly different. laughs> but if you are just right you know you've got to remind yourself that I am writing because I love it and if I'm yeah. making myself right I'm gonna it's gonna become a miserable thing
0: yeah I mean that my publishers were really understanding um I had quite a massive upturn in my life. Not only did I end my teaching career, but I ended my marriage as well. So they were really understanding by giving me a year off. They said, you know, we know you've got another book on the go and I know we know you've started it, but there's no pressure to finish it. You know, just tell us when you're ready. Um and that was that was really good of them um, because I was in no state to to do anything. Um so yeah, that was that was really, really good of them to not pressure me into to getting that book done. They're pressuring me now because it's been over a year. End of uh, June, baby. End of
1: June. Well, I'm wishing you all the luck and sending lots of energy your way. Um, you. So, um, we were talking earlier about you writing as a reader, um, mm. but I. So, so writing is as much about your readers as as it is about you. So, I'm keen to know, um, just sort of what you think generally writing has offered offered you, like why why do you enjoy it so much what does it give you what does writing do for
0: you i mean even before it was anything external so it was only just for me i just think it was that ability to to be creative i mean my job was very creative in a in a certain kind of way you know being a teacher is is a fairly creative role but there was a lot of pressure with that um Whereas this felt like a way to be creative where there was no judgment, no Ofsted, no, you know, whatever. So it was a way to just have another creative outlet that was judgment free, I suppose. I mean, now it's not, but (laughs) now it's now it's out there in the world. But still, I mean, you know, everybody takes reviews personally, I suppose you can't help it. But I I have got to a point where I think everyone's got an opinion. I'm not going to write something to please everybody. So that's fine. You know have your opinion it's not a problem but yeah I think it was just a way to be creative in a different kind of way for me yeah um yeah I can't paint or draw or play music or sing so I was
1: actually gonna ask if writing was your only creative outlet
0: um other than the concert I have in my car every day when I drive to work (laughs) which nobody needs hear. yes I do that too I love
1: it it's part of why I love driving by myself because I can just like I my partner was in the cafe the, the other day and he was getting sick of the radio and I was like I have a driving playlist and I put it on and the first thing that came on was um a song by Westlife I think it was nice. like when, when you look like that and I was like yes I love this song and he was like this is terrible what are you doing I was
0: like you are not allowed to listen to my driving playlist ever again my my car my radio or my playlist don't yeah, touch it
1: <laughs> Leave exactly it my singing um so yeah so writing is your main creative outlet it's, it's your yeah i mean process
0: i suppose uh, as linked to the writing there's sort of the promo stuff so i enjoy making all of that you know you go on canva and you get your images and yeah text. I, I quite enjoy doing that as well um you know and i've made some merchandise so i've got bookmarks and you know, stickers and all sorts of stuff that you sort of take take off to 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 signings to give away and um and everything and, and my publishers are quite good at sort of making sure that I have creative input into book covers and yeah. you know typeset and and all of that. So that's that's good. And I suppose Instagram and, and Facebook are creative outlets in a way. They are you know because I have to create the posts and keep the interest for my Facebook group and try and keep people interacting. And um so yeah, I suppose there are creative outlets within the writing that aren't just the writing.
1: Yeah no that makes a lot of sense um well thank you so much for taking your time today to chat to me about this um, okay be <laughs> it's been so lovely to chat to you it's, i'm I'm still blown about blown away by the fact that you published three books in one year or you wrote three <laughs> books in one year i just <laughs> um, i i just can't wrap my i have so, so much respect i can't cannot wrap my head around it um <laughs> But yeah, I know you've got your looming deadline, so I'm sending you lots of energy and I hope that goes well. And um, long may your wonderful Instagram following, um, Seattle Whalers following, continue. Yeah, I I
0: literally couldn't have done this without them. You know, every book I write, there's an acknowledgement for them. Oh, um, that's wonderful. That's really wonderful. Yeah.
1: Oh, thank you so much. much. Um, Before I let you go, um, where can our lovely listeners find more information about
0: emily bunny okay so i have a website www.emilybunny with an e in it com um my instagram handle is at emily bunny author um facebook i have emily bunny and emily bunny author so that's my page my facebook group is bunny's beauties so come along we've got lots of hockey talk and shirtless blokes and yes. <laughs> all sorts um Oh, I'm, I'm on Twitter, but not much since Elon Musk took over. But oh, yeah, um, Emily Bunny A U T one on Twitter. um I'm too scared to go on TikTok. To be fair, so I'm not. Oh, quite me, on too. me too. <laughs> me too. TikTok is huge, but I just it's terrifying yeah, for me. So it's terrifying. <laughs> do I want
1: all my time to be
0: sucked into a black hole? No, no, I do not. No. No, I should be writing, not yeah. around on TikTok trying to make <laughs> videos and <Yeah>, no good. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say Facebook and Instagram are my biggest kind of platforms.
1: Okay, brilliant. So I'm gonna put all of that in our show notes uh just to make it super easy for people to find you. Um but yeah, I just wanted to say once again, thank you so much. Um this has been absolutely lovely and I hope our lovely listeners um read your books and enjoy them.
0: great thank you very much. <laughs>